What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the MCU Reviewed. Week two. Today, it's all about the Incredible Hulk. Yeah, physical copies. Right? <laughs> yeah. So I have, to do, I have to... Oh, wait, actually. No, we're in the same boat this time. Same okay, yeah, so we yeah, got the yeah. same same yeah. one. Awesome. <laughs> love it, love it. As always, I'm your host, Josiah Leroy. With me today, the boogeyman, Baba Yaga, John Fick. Howdy. Howdy. Rashawn, how are you doing, my friend? I'm great, man. What's up? What's up? We got some Jordan. incredible Hulk today. I got my green, my green headpiece on today to help symbolize that a little bit. So let's do it. I love it. I love it. Also joining us, a very, very special guest, longtime friend of the Geekiverse. You know him from 26 Shirts, Bill's Mafia, and of course, the presenter of this episode, this entire series, Fantastic, Del Reed. Del, thanks so much for joining us. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on. I'm so excited to get into this. We are thrilled to have you. As I mentioned there, the episode is presented by Fantastic. They do some incredible stuff in Western New York in particular. Normally, I do a little bit of an ad read here, but Dell, why don't you give the plug as the guy from Fantastic? The source here. is here. Oh. <laughs> wow. I didn't. Okay, let's do it. So, uh, <laughs> Fantastic. Well, I'll talk about 26 shirts real quick. 26 shirts, we sell different. Uh, you know, Buffalo themed t-shirt every two weeks. We also have a Chicago line as well. Uh, every shirt we sell gives back to the community in some way. Normally it's a family in need. Sometimes it's um, a charitable cause. Uh, but we also have a geek themed uh, line as well called Fantastic. And we don't do those on a regular basis anymore. But when we have a cool idea, you know, we'll, we'll throw it out there. And that'll also uh, help certain causes, you know, that, that could use help. So you guys, uh, in in really just a few years in doing this as a whole, um, have raised over $750,000. Is that correct? That goes right to these families and charities? Yeah, since 2013. Uh, November 2013 is when it actually began, uh, 26 shirts, and then all the little divisions that have come off of it since then. We just a couple weeks ago passed $750,000 that we've donated back out. So cool. That's incredible, man. Thank you for doing all that you do and your your crew there. You guys have made uh, a difference in a lot of people's lives since 2013, and I'm sure before that. Yeah, but. well, we get a lot of credit for other people's generosity. We can put all the different shirts out there on the internet that we want. If people don't buy them, they don't believe in what we're doing. It doesn't really work, but uh, it's awesome to be able to do this. Well, you're a good guy. You've got a good heart, and we appreciate um, not just that, but of course having you here. Now, we're talking Marvel. Dell is a huge MCU guy. Dell's along, so... Dell and I have gone along over the years, uh, kind of got to know each other mm-hmm. for being both obsessed with Star Wars. Now, uh, as Dell has told me many times, the MCU has kind of become his new Star Wars. So it only makes sense uh, that he is on the podcast here to talk about all this today. So that being said, we've got uh, The Incredible Hulk came out just a few months after Iron Man. Uh, if you haven't watched our first episode of Review, go back and check that out at youtube.com slash the Geekiverse, as well as any major podcast streaming station. Let's talk about uh, kind of uh, first impressions on the on the film here. Just general feeling of it. Give us uh, kind of your snapshot of it. I am going to start with John. John, yeah. uh, give us your take on Incredible Hulk. Yeah, man. So this is uh, barely an MCU movie, and it tells. It shows. You can tell. Um, it. So right off the bat, they start the film with this awful awful montage giving you the entire backstory of the character and i'm just like so this is only my second time seeing this film so i watched it for the first time last year just i had very little interest in in this movie so just watching it again i'm like 
Man, they they really don't start off on a on a good foot here. This really really quick cut, horribly out very early two thousands uh, montage to get you into it, um, and then things get a little bit better. I, I will say I, I enjoyed it more the second time that I did the first time, uh, maybe because I kind of that dread was gone a little bit because I, I you know I'd heard a lot of less than less than amazing things about the film, so I wasn't really excited to watch it. Having already seen it the second watch, it was fun it, for what it is. I, I enjoyed it. Um, doesn't leave too much of an imprint on the MCU. Uh, Dell and I were talking before we, we went live here. You could blip this movie out of existence and it wouldn't really affect the MCU at all. Sure, there are cool little Easter eggs and things and you know little references, but they don't really affect anything else. Um, biggest takeaway is that I, I definitely like Mark Ruffalo over Edward Norton as the Hulk. Um, not really a knock to what Edward Norton did in this film. He was fine. I just, I really like Mark Ruffalo, so I'm glad we went the direction we went movie was okay uh, we'll get more into some specifics and stuff like that didn't blow me away two watches through you know next time we do this and next year or whatever i do my next watch through i'm still going to kind of dread this one rashawn uh let's let's hear your take on uh, incredible hulk yeah so i i even though i disagree with john's overall point um I do agree with some of the, you know some of the minor things that he did say i i enjoy the movie um is it uh top well I guess we're going to get to that. Um, but is it a top five, 10 MCU movie for me? No. Um, a lot of movies have surpassed it, obviously, since its release. But, you know, it's, it, for me, it's it's always been a movie where, you know, coming off of the first Iron Man, um, for me, it, it is a step down from that. But it, it's enjoyable for me. I do like with this movie how they did try to really go traditional uh, Hulk, especially compared to what we got as we move through the MCU. Um Edward Norton's portrayal for me, I, I, I enjoy it. Do I enjoy Mark Ruffalo, you know, moving forward? I, I do. I think Mark Ruffalo definitely has a specific take that fits for what the MCU has grown into. Um, but I could definitely see why this, you know, they were trying to go for a more classic um, Incredible Hulk with this, you know, Edward Norton playing a Bruce Banner that's definitely more awkward and a little bit more reserved just due to the situation that he's in um, and seeing that side of him. And, just things of that nature that we're going to get into um again so it's, it's enjoyable and like john said they throw some little easter eggs in here uh but the one thing i do agree with even though i do enjoy the movie is that it is a blip um if we skip this or if you skip this in your mcu watch you wouldn't really the only thing i guess you're missing um is uh thunderbolt ross with who who shows up later on but again the way that that's brought in later it's not like you need to have watched this movie uh, so it definitely is a movie where even though I enjoy it, you know, I do acknowledge that if it just faded away, like you probably wouldn't really notice. Dell, give us your take on Incredible Hulk. Yeah, growing up, Hulk was always one of my favorite characters. Um, had, you know, before, before I got married and sold off all my comics and everything, uh, I had a, a large Hulk collection. I just always, you know, I thought he was cool. Um, so and I was really excited when they put this movie out because I remember being so excited in 2003 when Ang Lee's Hulk movie came out and that that was excuse the pun like an abomination <laughs> that was such a terrible that was such a terrible terrible yeah. movie such a you know so you know I really love what the MCU has done with the Hulk character since 2008 um, but it, it, this snapshot in time this was the best Hulk that had ever been shown on any screen, it, it, you know, in my opinion. So um, now, obviously, as a rewatch, we've seen the way that 
Marvel has taken the character and just completely reworked it from you know Ed Norton's take. But uh, overall, I enjoyed it. You know, I, I I enjoyed the movie when it came out. I enjoyed it when I re, you know rewatch I did a few years ago, and I enjoyed it. You know, getting prepared for this podcast. But uh, it's just it's hard to watch it and not regard you know what the direction that you know the character is going to go. Sure. Quick jump off. Uh, you mentioned the 2003 Hulk, the Ang Lee Hulk. That may have been why I had no real motivation to see this when it first came out. Obviously, in 2008, we had no idea what they were going for with the MCU. So I wasn't missing an MCU movie. I was just missing another Hulk movie, which I had been so burned on, you know, five years prior with that Ang Lee. I remember seeing that movie in the drive-in and just being like, can we go home? <laughs> this is just so boring. I mean, I was pretty young, but it was, it was you know, it wasn't great. <laughs> you didn't like that- the Hulk dogs? <laughs> sure didn't. <laughs> I've never seen that movie. Um, uh, dude, you're not missing anything. You're good. Yeah, you're good. I never will. <laughs> <laughs> I guess never say never, but I, I don't plan to. So, uh, John, maybe before we get to box office numbers in a moment, if you've got those pulled up, I do. Um, just my quick take on everything is I've enjoyed the movie for what it is throughout the years, throughout the numerous rewatches. As I mentioned pre-show, I rewatched the entire MCU before every MCU movie. And we're kind of doing that right now, almost you know, before Black Widow it comes out a month after we'll end this series. So it wasn't obviously the direction that Marvel originally wanted to take it in. Uh, there was a falling out uh, between them and Ed Norton. He said, they said kind of thing of, uh, Marvel and you know they basically said they they let him go and Ed said he left but it sounded like Ed was more along the lines of he from what I've read in interviews and, and heard in, in quotes and all that that he wanted to take this more in the direction of what we saw in the Nolan trilogy for example with Batman where it was a more serious tone a darker tone um, and you can definitely see that in this movie his take on the Hulk I enjoyed again uh, night and day really from Mark Ruffalo and Another reason it sounds like the uh, Kevin Feige and Marvel wanted to move on was that he well, he probably wouldn't have played as well in the in the group of Avengers that we see, right? Uh, Mark Ruffalo is is just a perfect puzzle piece when we see that original Avengers movie and all of them get together. I'm not sure we would have had that same chemistry here with Ed Norton. Uh, but this movie here it was kind of an eye-opening for me the last or last night when I watched it for the first time and it was I should watch this as a standalone movie and it sucks that you almost kind of got to lower your expectations for anything that you're doing. But when it comes to this, I, you know, if I look at it as really a standalone thing, it's outside the MCU, even though it's not, it kind of changed the perspective a little bit for me. Granted, as you guys said, we could just forget about it and never watch it again and it would affect nothing. But I always, um, I always go through each movie. It's, I don't skip this. I don't skip dark world. There are, there's a few in there that we we've kind of joked about, but again, in short, I like it for what it was. Um, John, do you want to go over just what uh, kind of the box office run looks like? I do. I just want to apologize for dropping the ball and not making my life behind me green from the get-go. It's always blue because I like blue, but I just realized like, this should be green, so it's green now. Um, box office, like $264 million. So if successful, not, you know, not, not really doing too much. Um, made a splash, certainly made his money back. It wasn't, wasn't really, I think the, I think the, the taste in the mouth from the Ang Lee Hulk kind of took some people, you know, took some seats, took some butts out of seats is what I'm trying to say there. Not not too much, but obviously nowhere near what we get from MCU movies nowadays. $264 million was probably the budget for Avengers 1. 
Yeah, that's a fraction of what we've seen, especially as it's almost become commonplace that these movies either come close to or eclipse a billion. Yeah. You know, granted, we're 10 years later down the line and we've had some nice universe building, inflation, etc. But uh, that is a, a small haul for a box office hit, for, uh, or not a hit, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, uh, do we want to watch the trailer? Cue that up. Yeah, yeah. So we can get that trailer going. I will get that playing here in just a second. So we're going to... Go ahead. Basically, as uh, as we did last episode, we're going to watch the the trailer through. I uh, I always found this kind of fun, whether it's Star Wars movies, Lord of the Rings, whatever sagas over the years. I always love going back and seeing those trailers because sometimes things change. But one thing that never changes is I always am able to, in some way, shape, or form, remember how I felt when I saw it and like the expectations I had going into a movie. And I think that's always uh, that's that's kind of exciting. So. That's one reason we're we're kind of doing that as we go along here. I've got a problem. There are aspects of my personality that I can't control. See a shrink. It's a little bit more complicated than that. Bruce, trust me when I tell you, I've heard them all. Not this one. We've never seen anything even close to your level of exposure. That you survived an event like that, it's beyond my comprehension. I don't want to control it. I want to get rid of it. As far as I'm concerned, that man's whole body is property of the U.S. Army. They want it as a weapon. If we let it go, we will never get it back. What was that? There's only one thing that can fight that. It's in me. Maybe if I can control it, I can use it. There it is. Trailer. Now, first first reaction, especially after uh, last week watching the uh, Iron Man trailer right after watching the movie as well, we've come a long way in trailers in terms of not just cutting the movie beat for beat, which I feel like both of those trailers did. Having just watched the movie yesterday and watching this trailer now, like it is chronologically the movie. Obviously, you're not going to be able to piece it together exactly, but if you've just seen the movie, it's kind of crazy how beat for beat the trailer is. Same with Iron Man. Yeah, they're definitely different nowadays in in style and in what they're almost trying to, in the way they try to accomplish getting that enticement. 
Yeah, I think we're, uh, we're also we go ahead. Yep, go ahead. I was just saying nowadays they, they don't really care to like entice you with a story at all. They kind of just want to give you an idea or like, give give you some world building, some cool moments, stuff like that. They kind of just want to stay away from the story completely. And it seems completely opposite with the way that these early trailers were. Because they're now, not trying to entice you to go go see the movie. They're like, yeah, it's another MCU movie. You're gonna go see it. True. Here's some shots from it. <laughs> Very true. At this point, yeah. They could literally give me like five still shots. And I'd be like, awesome, can't wait. <laughs> Just give me a I'll title. Be there day one. We, we have like, what, five titles of movies that we've never seen a snippet from. We're, we're all in already. I'm, I'm good to go. I know. Like, I'm like, yeah, I can't wait for Eternals. I know nothing about Eternals. Nothing. nothing. <laughs> uh, so we, we were wrong. We said early. Now, What's that, Rashawn? I'm just saying that's the clout that the MCU has now. It's just like, oh, oh they're, they're taking this D-level superhero, superhero team. Oh, all right, I'll watch it now. I'm in. <laughs> they built up that cachet. Yes. So we said originally it was two months after Iron Man. It was one month uh, after Iron Man, as as we saw there, um, June 2008, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, I should say this, as I mentioned last uh, episode, there are three MCU movies I had not seen in movie theaters, and this was one of them. Uh, So I never got there. This might be my only one, to be honest. Really? Oh, no. I I didn't see Ant-Man and the Wasp in theaters either. Those are the only two. Gotcha, gotcha. I think. Rashawn, would you have seen this? Uh, this was the last one I didn't see in theaters, just because they were they were so close to each other. Again, I don't know what was going on in my childhood at that time, but the, <laughs> these were the uh, Iron Man one and Hulk were the only two movies I didn't see in theaters. Every single one after that was in theaters. Gotcha. And Dell, you saw these, of course, right? Because you said you had the the monitor set up. Yeah, I was so excited and I enjoyed it. It was good. It was I was I enjoyed it, like I said, more back then than I do now rewatching it just knowing the context. But yeah, I, I loved it. Yeah. It's um it's funny kind of looking back, it's it's not super uh super hypeful, I guess. I don't know. Maybe it's because I know what the, the outcome of, of the movie is, but maybe that's also a testament to what John said, where it's a little bit bland in how it tries to portray uh like it, they don't even try to go out of sync with with any of it. Yeah, trailers are kind of an art be... form. Somebody mentioned Zack Snyder earlier in this podcast, or maybe it was off air. Forgot. But Zack Snyder is like a podcast or a podcast, a trailer master, and his movies never seem to live up to the trailer. But there's an art to there's an art to trailer making, and maybe we didn't learn about that until the late two thousands. <laughs> and now Marvel puts like red herrings in yeah. the trailer stuff. Is not even gonna. Be, I mean, I think there was a cut scene. I don't remember that in the movie with him talking to Ty Burrell. I don't remember that in the movie. That was just like I was about to trailer. say that wasn't sure. the first trailer scene. Wasn't even did he yeah. even make it into the final cut? <laughs> but that was probably just like a deleted scene. Now, I mean, you see Hulk running around Wakanda, leading up to Infinity War, and then it turns out he's not even in the movie. Yeah, and they sold know, they sold toys scene. too. They sold like Funko Pops of Hulk boss, busting out of the Hulk Buster. That didn't even happen. <laughs> it's amazing how that's changed too. Like I remember the biggest thing for me was Rogue One. And like a lot changed in that a lot in that yeah. trailer. And I was very disappointed in the things that they took out for where I thought they were going to go. But that is very commonplace now. Yeah. And it's kind of amazing. Like how much changes even in just the weeks and months leading up to a movie. Yeah. I think nerdum pop culture and definitely the internet has really helped like make trailers an art form. I mean, think, I mean the video game world, the, the comic book world, like the, how much hype goes into a new trailer drop. It's not like it was in 2008 for sure. It's an event now. It's yeah. not like, oh, I'm going to a movie and I happen to just see this trailer. It's like 
like with us on the gaming side where like it was a countdown almost till last of last of us part two trailers dropping that's amazing yeah um and i think about like how movies tr- and companies try to avoid spoilers even to the point of like uh, Dell mentioning the hulkbuster like that that didn't happen they changed that so that it, we would be fresh when we saw the movie i think back to like um like revenge of the sith the revenge of the sith video game came out weeks before the movie did with footage from the movie yeah. including a true to story ending like can you imagine if that happened now it would never happen now crazy like they don't even let the star wars books come out nowadays until after the movies are out just for fear of spoilers it's so it's so different just 10 15 years later it's, i mean it's, it's the money man I, I think i said this on a previous podcast i don't think it was iron man it was something else that we did but basically the fundamental thing in movie making is like when you your trailer has one job it's to take a customer or viewer's excitement level from here and hopefully raise it up to you know one or two notches. So if the trailer did that, great. If it didn't do that, the trailer failed. Doesn't matter if the movie is lives up or down to what the trailer was. That trailer in each trailer after that needs to build upon that excitement. So I guess anytime we watch these trailers, you have to just do a time travel and just be like, man, would I have been excited for that in 2008? And it's, t- and it's tough because we know where the MCU has gone and where these films have gone. Um, but I feel like with this one, I, I agree with you guys. I don't think the hype factor was necessarily there with this one. I just think it was like, oh, a Hulk movie is, now, is coming out now too. It's so close after Iron Man. Yeah. And actually, yeah. the trailers were released around the same time too, so... <clears throat> yeah, I don't even remember there being any hype for this movie, really. At least for me yeah. personally, I remember it snuck up on me. I was like, oh, there's the Hulk movie? I mean, I knew Iron Man was coming. I saw that trailer like 15 times before the movie came out. But then yeah. I was like, oh, now there's a Hulk movie too? And that was, I don't know if that was just because I didn't find the right circles and or whatever back then on the internet. But like, it just, it snuck up on me. This movie's entire existence since it's, since it's been released has been low key from... Again, as you just talked about, Dell with the trailers to moving again full circle. Or when you even in phase one, if you transport yourself back in time, then at phase one, you watch all the Marvel movies, and then for the average uh, viewer, they're like, "Wait, that that's not the same Hulk that I that was in the last Hulk movie that I just watched." And again, fast forward twenty twenty, when most people are doing MCU rewatches, this is the commonly most skipped movie because people just don't know about it. Yeah. <laughs> so this entire existence from Inception to whatever wherever it's at now has always been unless you're a diehard comic book fan like myself and it seems like Dell is in a way um like you wouldn't all of us technically but you wouldn't know unless you just knew to look for the movie yeah i i don't know this for a fact but i would be willing to bet if you were to just type into google is the incredible hulk i bet you the first autofill would be an mcu movie you know <laughs> or canon or yep yeah, yeah. yeah i um, when, so, when i mentioned that you know i saw avengers and that was in 2012, kind of my eye-opening moment to dive into this universe. Um, I went to Best Buy, bought all of these Blu-rays. I definitely had to figure out if this was a part of it because I wasn't, I wasn't going to buy a movie that wasn't a part of this this universe. Yeah. Even having not seen um, a few of them that I, I went and purchased, I was I was all about it. But I really needed to make sure that this was a part of it, and I probably one of those people who contributed to that search. So now, yeah, are you guys familiar with the Marvel one shots? I was just about to bring that up, though. I think I know where you're going, but go ahead. They did a really good job of like retconning 
when Tony Stark comes in to talk to Ross and yes. talks about building a team. I was going there. Yep. Um, and, and so, I mean, that, that's like the cement, I guess, in terms of the real MCU. ness obviously Tony Stark's in the movie, so there's that, but like even more so, like they even went through the efforts of retconning it and mentioning abomination several times. Like the whole point of that one shot was, uh, basically like what happened to abomination and you know, how come Tony Stark was talking to Ross, you know? Um, but anyways, yeah. So they, they've, they've done their, their work in terms of trying to like put their hooks into that movie. So they're at some, at some level or at some point they at least were invested in that movie being a part of the MCU. And the funny part with that one shot too, I guess I'll bring this up once we get to the Avengers episode, uh, for any listeners that aren't going to be watching this and the Avengers one. Um, (laughs) <laughs> that one shot I remember, um, and I believe you're talking about the one with Phil Coulson, right? Uh, yeah, and, so, and Sitwell. Yep. So th- it's so funny how in that one shot, again, I haven't seen it in years, but I remember this point very uh, vividly is that when they were f- trying to form the team, the reason why or what they ended up writing out was the reason why Tony Stark went to go see Ross, not for Banner. They wanted Abomination to be on the a part of the Avengers initiative. And that whole one shot basically ended with Coulson and, um, uh, and said, <laughs> so, well, basically being like, no, he's like two one but we're not doing this. And I forget if they decided afterwards with that, if they were going to go with Banner or if they were just dropping, having a, any Hulk uh, type of uh, character on the team. But that, that's like one of those little nuggets that again, I don't even think are the one shots even on Disney plus if they're not, I don't know. I don't think so. They're all on YouTube. I was gonna, you can find them all on YouTube on for YouTube. sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I would recommend anyone listening try to go find those one shots uh, because they, again, they were again. Are they anything crazy? No, but they're the little fun little. Uh, what are they? If 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 you're reading a comic book, if each movie is a comic book, these are like the one shots are like the uh, like little side strip. In the newspapers yeah. that they used to have, that's what those are. <laughs> I wish they, they kept doing those. They're very cool. Yeah. <laughs> so, how many times uh, you guys think you've seen this movie? If you had to give it a ballpark, two. For yeah, John, sure. that's an easy one. Yeah, yeah John knows. <laughs> Saw it for the first time last year and watched it again. That's it. Two. <laughs> Dose. Rashawn, uh, what do you think? Uh, for me, I think I said with Iron Man, I was around eight to ten. It would it would have to be around the same because again, I used to go back and watch that them uh, very frequently. It, it had to be. Listen, listen uh, here's one thing I'll say before Dell goes. This was when I first saw the Hulk. I remember I was not impressed by it when I first saw it. I saw it. I fi- it was either around viewing two or three when I started to come around to this movie. Um, I want to say maybe it was three because maybe the second time again, I was kind of like, oh, all right, I got to watch it to watch it. But it was around viewing three when this one, it grew on me with each. Like I remember viewing three through about five or six. It grew on me each time. And then around viewing seven ish is when I'm I'm settled into where I'm at. Now. My friend, if you have to watch movie seven times to even accept the fact that it's <laughs> good, it's not good. Sorry. Again, keep in <laughs> keep in mind movie. keep in mind that this is over a period of years. That's like me saying forget, Major League is the best movie of all time it. because I wa- I went to sleep t- to that movie for like five years because it was the only DVD I had. <laughs> I do know somebody that saw Phantom Menace eight times in theaters. By the way, is it you? No. Okay. No, I saw it once in theaters. Uh, I actually do too. I think that's no, that's... this person is twelve. Actually. <laughs> oh my gosh! All right. Well, yeah. that's a topic for a different time. Uh, Dell, how many times do you think you've seen this movie? I think five at the most. 
you know, I, I like I said, I enjoyed it when it first came out, but I didn't follow it up in terms of like going and buying the DVD when it came out or anything like that. Um, and just I've seen it through different rewatches here and there. Gotcha. I'm I'm probably so same boat. I like I said, I've been rewatching the MCU for a long time now, just before every Marvel movie. So I I've got to be at least at ten times. I have to be because I've watched them all from the beginning as they've been coming out through the years. So you're telling so, me you rewatched the entire MCU before both Endgame and Spider-Man Homecoming? You watched 40 movies in two months? No, <laughs> no, I didn't do it for those two. Those those are a little close. Okay. So maybe it's a little, bl- little bit less than that. I was just kind but of for vet, messing with you. vast majority I have. Yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> um, so I before we get on to the next bullet point, I kind of I had just I took notes throughout the movie. Um, also, if if you're looking for more content on what we're talking about, um, a few years ago in the lead up to Infinity War, I did a series called Some Assembly Required. It, basically, all it was was written articles and it kind of chronicled uh, what the movie was specifically and where I thought it was it was going into the uh, Infinity War storyline. Uh, also, comic book style, I listed notable appearances, which I, I thought is kind of a fun checklist. Obviously, the the first and only appearance for for Ed Norton, um, same for for Liv Tyler as Betty Ross. By the way, what what do you guys think of her as a, a secondary character? Starting with John, uh, probably stood out the most to me. I think I think my my biggest takeaway because one of our bullet points we have on here is to talk about like favorite non titular characters, so not non main characters. She was the only standout for me. I feel like everybody else in this movie was extremely one-dimensional. Like literally every other character who had more than one minute of screen time was just straight one note the entire time. She kind of was the, you know, the diversion from that. She was good. I don't love her as an actress. I don't know what it is, but she she did the the character was was fine. Nothing. It's, she felt um I I didn't love her performance in this and I'm kind of in the same boat with you, John. Um one notable funny thing to me is the the cab ride. When she's the one who's having the anger issues, <laughs> that's a, that's and he's got to calm scene. her down. Yeah, that is like totally classic MCU. Even though this movie doesn't feel MCU, I think like that's just a common thread there. Where mm-hmm. they're those moments are, are wonderful. Yeah. Um. What? Well, why don't we do that real quick? The, uh, you know, John, you mentioned your your favorite non-Hulk character, Rashawn. Uh, who's your favorite character? You'd have to say that that isn't Bruce Banner. Uh, I would have to go with Betty Ross for me. The thing for me, maybe this is the romantic in me talking, but the thing that I love about their dynamic is, and why I'll say it's a shame that we never got to see anything else from it. But when you think about where the story goes, again, there was really never a need for her. uh, So she just works in the standalone. Um, I just love the fact that when everything consistently throughout his life since he became the Hulk, when everything was falling apart around him, she was the one thing that kept him grounded. Um, and again, that's the romantic in me talking. So I did like seeing that. And again, seeing how they end up coming back, like that scene when she like sees him and then she's like, wait a minute, did I see what, did I see what I think I just saw and seeing that. And then just seeing how she was going to stick by his side, no matter what, um, which was, was, was like a ride or die type of uh type of gal he's got for himself but and seeing how the movie ends with basically just with you know i'm going to talk about this a lot with anything movie related that we do but acting without dialogue you know just the look that banner gives her as he's in uh as he's the hulk and then just that exchange is like no matter what we do and when the helicopter uh shines on hulk and then he ends up running off into the night no matter what they do, they'll never be able to be together. Thus, I think playing off of that, 
why she never shows up again because it's just not going to work. Um, every other character, you know, has has ways they can make a relationship work. Uh, there is no possible way a long term relationship could work. I think with Bruce Banner, um, and you even see that in the motel scene when they tried, you know, doing a few things and it and it wasn't again, it wasn't gonna work. Uh, so I I, I I liked her portrayal again. Was it anything special? No, not by any means. Uh, but just seeing how the Hulk that they were going for, and again, how tragic it was going to be, how dark it was going to be, but she was the one light that he had. I love how they portrayed that in this movie. Yeah, I'll say that. Yeah, the, their go ahead. Their chemistry was good, um, regardless of what I think you felt of either the Norton or Tyler's performances. They they just, worked just together, like, just like Downey and uh, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. It for me, it felt natural. Again, that relationship between those two characters and those two actors is better, in my opinion, but just going back to how natural that relationship feels again, comic book movies before these movies had a classic trope of forcing the relationship down your throat. I didn't feel like it was forced. I felt like it was necessary. Well, obviously if a relationship feels necessary, then it works in real life or in a movie. <clears throat> Good point. John, you were going to say, I was going to say that I think it, uh, it was a lot better written than it was executed and acted. That's about it. Del, not that we've got a lot of options, but uh, favorite favorite secondary character. It has to be Betty Ross because you know, as John mentioned, everybody else in that movie is just a one dimensional character who's like serving a, a purpose for the plot. <laughs> I mean, but she, um, yeah, there was a, there was a good dynamic, even when you know the look on her face when she sees Bruce in the kitchen at the pizzeria, uh, and and so many you know um, little moments, like you said, Rashawn. Um, acting without dialogue, you know, there's a, there's a lot of that in there. So I, I'd, I'd go with her. I mean, I don't want to spend too much time talking about it. Like it's been, it's been said, but not a lot of choices. For, uh, I'd agree with you guys there just to throw in another one. I, I do, you know, and this has probably helped, you know, years down the line with Captain America civil war, but I love that all those movies later, we got general Ross. So that's a nice little other thread that kind of ties this movie in. There's not many of them but it keeps it relevant in the MCU just to a fine degree. And um, so watching this movie as a standalone, don't care for General Ross so much, but when I watch Civil War and what we've seen even in cameos after that in um, in Endgame uh, or Infinity War, kind of, kind of interesting to see that he was there, you know, in 2008, and then we got him again in 2016. I love stuff like that, especially in, in a shared universe movie. And that was kind of a nice thread for me. Um, let's see here. So obviously we got a, a brief cameo from Robert Downey Jr. there at the end. Other cameos uh, that were really awesome. Loved Lou Ferrigno in there. What a wonderful little nod. Of course, you know, the original Hulk to see him in there was wonderful in the way that uh, he was. It's a nice little scene with Edward Norton, even to the point uh, where they, they shake hands. Like, th- I think that's really awesome because it's like, hey, you know, at that time, Ed, you're the new Hulk and it was Passed almost like you did exactly. Did Lou Ferrigno also voice the Hulk in this movie? Because that's what he's credited for in IMDb. Is the voice? I of believe the Hulk. he did. Cool. I've, I've heard that. Yes. Cool. That's awesome. Uh, it was great. Lou was at Nickel City Con a few years ago, and our own Lou Matuzo got to to host his panel, which was super awesome. So uh, basically, any panel that I wasn't hosting, 
I acted as kind of like the liaison. So I had to go to like the agent and then bring them down like through the elevators at the convention center. So I got to like ride an elevator with Lou Ferrigno, which was pretty, pretty freaking awesome. That's cool. It, it goes without saying the dude truly is massive. <laughs> like he's next to you. And I'm like, Whoa, Hey buddy. I would never say buddy, of course, but you know what I mean? Um, also, uh, Stanley, of course has his appearance. This is one of my, uh, more favorite Stanley appearances. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> For some reason, I, I like I like the whimsic, whimsical nature of this one. Yeah, they, they all are to a point. Yeah, a, a rather well, light moment in a an ultimately dark movie. The uh, this is the only movie, Endgame, or no Infinity War, notwithstanding. Uh, that to that point, we we had uh, if you go throughout the the MCU history, all the movies throughout the years. This one did not have a post credit scene. Of course, it is kind of really a post credit scene, but it just happens to take place before the credits. And in my opinion, it, it was that. Um, we talked a little bit about that with the one shot that, that Dell brought up. Real and quick, then, real quick yeah. and I, I can interrupt you because you were talking about cameos before. Yep. Stan, Stan Lee, not Stan Lee, but Stan Lee, the pizzeria owner, That's cool. actually was the voice of the Hulk in the cartoon series in the 60s. I didn't know that. Uh, oh, Bruce wow. Banner, yeah, yeah. So I, know uh, I didn't. I didn't. Sorry to, to interrupt you there, but I wanted. No, to, you're good. It's, it's another little nod that I thought was really cool. And I think I've that read is really cool that the pizzeria's name is Stanley's for like to as a nod to Stanley as well. It's mm-hmm. awesome. I did notice that, and I was like, "All right, so this one's." This, I knew he was somebody. I didn't know that. That's what his credit was. So that's really nice, Dell. That's a good fact. Um. A few other just uh, quick bullet points, notes as I went throughout the movie. Um, feel free to chime in wherever. I mentioned it's it's you know good as a standalone movie. Um, we talked about Norton and why he left. We talked about General Ross. Um, John, you mentioned early on how they executed on what you thought was uh, a poor execution for the backstory. Yeah. I actually like what they did, and for a few reasons. It felt like this was a differentiating thing for Marvel. So we mentioned Iron Man is claiming, Hey, I'm Iron Man in public, right? Like this was another thing they weren't taking the time to go back and tell the Hulk origin again, because I f- not, it's not as much as like, Hey, we get Spider-Man origin every few years. It felt like, I don't think it was on that level, but it was their way of saying, we're not going to waste your time with a Hulk origin to an extent. And I, so I, I like that. I love the idea of it, but I hate that execution. It felt it felt very Justice League. I'm gonna give you a synopsis of the villain in this two second like blurb, and you're gonna have to understand it. And that's the only way I'm gonna tell the story. It just I don't know. I it, it was just poorly executed ex- exposition that I just didn't appreciate. It was frustrating to watch. I was like, you're really gonna give me the backstory of this character in this like 30 second montage for the sake of not giving me a backstory. Just do it the right way and don't give me a backstory. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know. I liked it. I mean, because it's a fugitive movie. It's not an origin story, you know. Sure. Um, and I thought it was an interesting choice that they they decided to forego the the origin, though, because five years prior there was that movie we talked about earlier, which completely changed the way the Hulk became the Hulk. Like it was just they went in a completely different direction. So they basically just the filmmakers basically said, "Okay, listen, we all know you know what the real reason." Bruce Banner became the Hulk. We're not going to get into, you know, retelling the story for the sake of negating 2003's movie. But I, I don't know. I, li- I liked it. Maybe it was like, maybe it could have been done a little bit better, but I liked that they hit the ground running with he's a fugitive. 
it hooks me every time. Like I forget a, that it happened every time I watch this movie or go to rewatch it. Um, so I liked it again from that standpoint where it was like, Hey, let's, let's just move on to really what this story is about. And I also appreciated that later on with Spider-Man's entry as we got into Captain America Civil War and you know, Spider-Man's finally allowed to cross over with the contractual obligations. Um, I was so happy that they decided not to go the origin story route because they could have done that instead of introducing him into Civil War if they wanted to. And th- I think they by far took the better choice in and what they did. That's but, what I mean you know, when, when you can do it well. Like, you, like We didn't get a 30-second quick crossfade montage of Peter Parker turning into Spider-Man just because we didn't want an origin story, right? We just hit the ground running and they told us that story through dialogue throughout the movie. I just felt opening the, the my, my first taste of this movie is just a quick montage. It's, it just kind of soured me. I just don't like, I, in storytelling, I just don't like that. And that's totally fair. From my standpoint, I feel like it tells you a lot. Um, it, you know, again, it is what it is. But I thought it was a good way to utilize the story. Um, I think it's a funny maybe about 20 minutes into the movie when he is um, he's trying to back off the guys at the factory from that one girl. And he says, you won't like me when I'm hungry because he can't figure out the word for angry. Yeah. I think that's another really nice MCU bit of humor there. That that's was a good one. You know, that's a good one for sure. One thing, uh, one little side note that I did appreciate everything in this movie was green. Like the, the, the drink at the factory he worked at was green. The concoction he was making with the flour course it had to be green like everything was just green i'm like you know what this is so absurd that i like it john that's my next point on here is uh, from a visual standpoint the color palette is one of the best in all of the mcu from the standpoint that they were really consistent with that green tone yeah whether it's the things you mentioned um i don't recall where this was but a, uh it was late at night they could have been in the pizzeria for all i know Outside, like there's a greenish hue from the street light, which obviously wouldn't normally happen, but it was just a nice other way to really That's keep cool. up and say, like, you know, this is this is the Hulk, everything's green. Um, another nice kind of little nod is her bringing home clothes uh, to the, I want to say the motel room and having oh, the yeah. huge purple pants. I was about to, I was about to say that too, because that cool. goes into the point I brought up in the Iron Man review is that. Even in this movie, even though this feels different than other MCU movies, they still put their stamp that, hey, this is our version of these characters. We're not going to take every little thing from the comics and adapt it because half of the stuff would look absolutely ridiculous. And there's going to be more examples of that that I'm going to touch on as we get to later MCU movies. But again, for this Hulk that they went for with all of these, you know, just a more serious tone. Um, again, the color palette that you mentioned. Oh, and here comes this big green dude with you know, bright purple shorts. It would have looked insane. Uh, so I love that that was one of those things that Feige probably from the start was like, all right, we're going to just do this. We're going to give them some generic pair of shorts that you are pants that you don't even remember the color of just because it doesn't matter. Uh, but that purple, that purple thing. No, that's not happening. It'll look ridiculous. Yeah. It'll throw everything off. It reminded me a lot of when uh, Cyclops says to Wolverine in the first X-Men movie, when they were put on their, their suits and he says, Oh, what did you want? Blue and yellow spandex. Yeah. Yeah. I love when properties acknowledge that, um, you know, that they know it exists. They know other stories exist. I always think that that self-awareness is a nice thing. Um, the, uh, a lot of the super soldier talk throughout the movie, um, uh, with cool. failed experiments and not being able to replicate it really, really plants the seeds for what's coming in Captain America. And, um, 
uh, to a point winter soldier as, as we get down the line there. So again, that we, as you sit back and kind of let it stew there, there's a lot of, a lot of these little uh, seeds that were planted that they were uh, playing, planning to have throughout the MCU. And they, they did execute on in, in some ways. The other thing that I kind of wanted to mention, and I don't want to uh, t- <laughs> take this point too far off on a tangent, but I always appreciate that this was the second movie in the MCU. It was, it was another one-off small character focused film, not high stakes when we see in the Avengers or infinity war or Endgame, obviously. Uh, whereas on the contrast, a big reason for why I believe the DCEU failed is its second movie was a team up movie Absolutely. in Batman versus Superman. 1000% agree here. Even, yep. you know, this, this story is what I'm saying. This opinion has been, done to death and told to death but i don't think that it should be glossed over that even though we got the incredible hulk which is not a it wasn't a big box office hit as john went over the numbers you know we're all sitting here going yeah it's, it's a fun movie but we could really never see it again and be totally fine for all of that it still served its part in a way in helping to establish the mcu taking its time making us fall in love with the characters even though we did a lot of recasting here um and as I mentioned, taking its time and getting to where it had to go. Whereas DC was like, Hey, we've got Batman and Superman. We're going to throw in wonder woman. And here's a villain. They don't really give a crap about. And here's this, and you're just going to love it because of all these names. And they didn't realize that. And that's why they failed. Uh, so I thought that that was a point worth uh, kind of going over a little bit. So, yeah, I definitely agree. Just the one thing I'll add to what you said is that uh, in terms of my like research with filmmaking and stuff, I don't know like if this has an official name or whatnot, but the thing that Marvel nails is with all of these phase one movies, uh, just looking at it at a bigger scale from Hulk, um, is that they focus on the personal stories first, the personal stories that generally end up to you saving the neighborhood, right? Then depending on the movie, they'll go a little bit bigger. Uh, let's discredit, let's uh, discount Avengers for a second. Um, but with that, or even actually, no, Avengers fits in this because the next part of this puzzle is you save the neighborhood, then you save the city. Then after you save the city, maybe you save the country. Or if you skip the country, you go save the world. Your stakes keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Uh, maybe eventually you save the universe at some point. So you kind of see where I'm going with that you know, train of thought there. So even though this kind of veers off the hawk a little bit, but to your point, it works for this because of that small contained story. One challenge that I can see the MCU presenting with is that they've saved the universe. They've saved all of time and reality in a way. Uh, now you have to kind of build that build that back up again. So how do you do that? So that'll be an interesting challenge that they have. And to your point about why the DCU really, you know, you can argue it failed or you can argue it, it got off to a slow start. But yeah, like they went straight from... Uh, saving neighborhood with man of steel straight to uh save the save the world like there was no there's not not enough personal storytelling in there so even the movie the the thing that's brilliantly done with all of these phase one movies and that hulk still does well i think despite what you think of it is that it still does keep that story contained it's personal it flushes the character out so that you can then take it to a crossover movie thus you care about every single character in the crossover that is the secret to doing crossovers that Marvel perfected that I don't know why a lot of these other companies don't try. They want to just go straight for the big ticket money movie. You have to start small 
and build with small stories first and then lead to your big epic. I think to that point, that's why what the MCU has done is so special because you have one person, Kevin Feige, who's kind of like the puppet master through all this. And I've always got the impression that, you know, Warner Brothers and, uh, you know, everybody who's putting together the DCEU is run by a board. And it, it seems like it's a lot of cooks in that kitchen when basically you have Kevin Feige, who probably has the coolest whiteboard ever in his office, where he outlines all the phases and how they're all going to play out and how they all tie to each other. Um, I just think that he gets, he doesn't get enough, as much credit as he gets in, in geekdom and, and people who follow like the, the construction of all this, he doesn't get enough credit just in terms of Hollywood in general and entertainment industry in general, just for what he has created or what he has allowed people, the framework that he has provide creators to create with it. If that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Because they look at the Avengers, like Warner Brothers or whomever, they look at the Avengers like, oh, we can make one of those movies with a lot of superheroes in it and they'll all, you know, play off each other. It'll be great. But they've not taken the time to actually, like you said, um, hone in on those character pieces. Del, think about that. You know, if we don't have this buildup and this investment, think of it as a long-term investment in each of these characters and in short really all of marvel we don't care as much nearly about what happens in infinity war i'm sure it's still a great movie but like we are emotionally invested in not just iron man not just captain america but any one of these characters and you know we saw shazam together that was a fun solely focused movie wonder woman very good movie um some of their their it feels like the lessons they maybe learned a little too late but they they've done a good job in recent years with these individual movies. Can you imagine seeing a team up now with uh, a Superman? Well, I love Henry Cavill as Superman, but uh, any number of these characters and really seeing them team up for the first time, man, I would have loved it just as much as Avengers. And I, I think um, it's, it's unfortunate that we'll probably never get that, but one, uh, one last thing I want to touch on, and I don't want to turn this into a, a DCU bat, a DCU bash fest. Cause there were some little elements I think that they did well in their own right, even though a lot of it was at controversy, basically what they did. So if you picture the MCU, right. Um, what DC, what the DCU did is they made man of steel. They made Batman versus Superman. Um, and then did that go straight to Justice League? I'm looking at my little collection up here. I Suicide think it, Squad. Or, or Suicide, yeah, Suicide Squad. So they took away from the heroes. Then did it go to Wonder Woman and then mm-hmm. Justice League? Yep. Okay. So basically, if you equate that to what Marvel, if Marvel did that, it would be Iron Man would be your Man of Steel. You would go straight to Civil War. Um, then you would go tell some other story with the sinister six or something, something weird that, that wouldn't really make much sense in the grand scheme of things. Uh, then you would go back and uh, you would have captain America and then you would have the first Avengers. You see how it doesn't make sense. You see how the, the storylines and the type of scale of stories that you're going is kind of all over the place. That's why to Dell's point, they they Kevin Feige from the get go perfected a craft on how they were going to do this. <laughs> I'm excited to see what Kevin does with his uh, Star Wars project. I think uh, there's no reason not to think it's going to be amazing. Same with Taika Waititi. Can't wait. Um, mm. Yeah. 
wrapping up things here on this uh, episode of the MCU reviewed, let's get to, if you've got one, is there one moment in the movie, maybe just a small moment, a favorite scene. Uh, I know we've mentioned some kind of funny moments. Is there any uh, sort of uh, spot that sticks out to you at all from this? John, why don't we start with you? Yeah, I really like the battle, like the first, the first real Hulk battle uh, at the university when he's like going to catch a bus with uh, with Betty and they, they catch him there. That was a lot of fun, uh, trapping him in the overpass, the little catwalk there, using the tear gas, having him transform in there. That was a cool little technique they used to not have to show the transformation because that's expensive and 2008 tech wasn't really there yet. Um, so that was awesome. Uh, I love the, the supersonic cannons that he had to overcome. That, that, that whole scene was a lot of fun for me. That's like, when I think of this movie, that's the scene I think about right away. Not Definitely not that abomination of a fight at the end. Yeah, same. Uh, Rashawn, any any moment uh, stand out in your mind? Yeah, um, one small thing, real quick. Just I just thought of it, and I forgot I had it. Just me being the gamer that I am, uh, I'm actually probably one of the few people alive on the planet that played the movie version of this game. I remember <laughs> playing it, and I'm sure if I look back at gameplay, probably today it looks terrible but i remember playing that game and you truly did feel like the hawk playing that game and just seeing all these scenes recreated so i just i just wanted to throw that in there i just thought of it thought of that um but the only other thing uh scene for me really is i've always liked the final battle with hawk and abomination in this i always thought that was cool um just again as a little comic book nerd growing up seeing abomination being on your screen even though again the stuff that led up to it was kind of eh, again a one-dimensional character um again seeing just that end fight what was cool for me and the one thing that when we talk about things that they could take away from the comic book movie to not make it feel so comic booky and make it feel so ridiculous the one thing that works in this movie and i'm kind of upset that we don't get it anymore i'll be in the minority we get Hulk smash in this and it, and it works. It wasn't so cheesy. It's, it's, to, it's one of those things where you even, if someone says that, like I just did, you probably forgot that that even happened. Like, it, I feel like it worked just in the context of that scene, you know, abominations about to, <laughs> about to destroy that helicopter with, uh with Ross and his daughter in there. And then it, I feel like that just worked. And, it, and that, that was definitely a cool little nerd moment. Uh, in there, if you will, and I don't like that Mark Ruffalo doesn't Hulk smash anymore. I, see, I liked it better. Small scale. <laughs> I liked it better when uh, when Captain America said it for him. Uh, that I thought that was a better use of that. that yes, was, that see, was cool too. That, that, that was, was cool too. that was almost like the nod of the purple shorts. It's like okay, this is super campy, yes. and we really can't use that. But like, we're, we're gonna <laughs> totally. dabble a little bit. Yeah, yeah. It's a small scale version of Avengers Assemble, right? Like it's a classic callback line that they're using or a term. Um, and they don't use it again, but I, it's it's acknowledged. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I'm glad you mentioned the video game because I did. I totally forgot to mention Iron Man last week, and I wanted to mention. And I played oh, the Iron Man video game as well. Yes, we're <laughs> getting into it, but I forgot to mention that last week as well. I totally wanted to ask you about that because I, I did not play either <laughs> of these. At some point throughout the series here, we'll realize, oh man, they stopped making video game tie-in movies, which is good. Yeah. So they stopped. If I'm remembering, uh, I got the little collection up here. Uh, they made Iron Man. They made Hulk. There wasn't an Iron Man two. I don't think they made there a was. Thor. And they it, oh, there was. Okay. Yep. So I stopped that Hulk then because I didn't play <laughs> Iron Man two, Thor, Captain America, and they were done after that. I think uh, Avengers was the first one not to get the tie-in. Yeah, because I think that they realized it was it was ridiculous. <laughs> and ironically enough, we're a few months away from an Avengers game, which is great. Hopefully, yeah, we're getting it now. 
Yeah. Uh, Dell, any one moment uh, that stands out in your mind at all? I don't have any one main big moment that I even like cling to with this movie. I, I noticed um, a couple real quick things I want to mention, just little things I noticed. Uh, nothing big or major, but one thing was the parallel of him jumping from the plane at the end of the movie. I thought it was kind of it was funny how that that lines up with him jumping out of the the spaceship in Ragnarok. How in this movie he jumps out not knowing if he's going to change into the Hulk or not, and yeah. and he turns into the Hulk. And in Ragnarok he's like, "Oh yeah, you want to know who I really am? I'll show you." And he goes, and he just <laughs> he just lands yeah. on the bridge. So Good I call, man. I just noticed that for the first time today. I was like, "Oh, that really actually kind of it's inverse." I don't know if it's intentional or not, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say they meant to do it. Um, I'd love to see. We're talking about Ross being Italian to future movies. I'd love to see Tim Blake Nelson come back as the leader because they kind of allude to that when um, the the blood drips on like Banner's blood drips onto his head. Right, you yeah. start to see his head like grow, or more, but they never do anything with it. I really think that this movie they're using. They left a, a bunch of loose ends on purpose just in case because they didn't know where they were going to go with it. That was one of the longest running like Easter eggs is is that right there See, for when a I, long time. I not even realized that was an Easter egg. Like I was like, oh, yeah, that's he's the leader. I think it's even the same name as the character. Um, like uh, what's his name now? I can't. doesn't matter. Sherman, whatever it was. I don't know. So that guy um, right there, Dell, I real quick, I always uh, I have a hard time not seeing him as the secondary character in Seinfeld who has bad breath that chases around Elaine all day at the office. And she, she gives him Tic Tacs really <laughs> so she can track him. Can hear him. Yeah, that's right. I always remember him. He's, he's Delmar, which is my full name um, in Oh Brother Art though. So I've always got to like, a, I'm like, Oh yeah, that's the guy with my name. Cause nobody ever has my name. <laughs> um, and then the last thing I just wanted uh, two last things real quick, fun Easter egg. He, his name is David B at the very end when he gets the, the necklace sent to him, which is a fun nod to the TV show, this TV show. Um, Cause he was always David Banner in the TV show. For some reason they never named him Bruce Banner. So I thought that was cool. And then the last thing I loved is when Tony Stark, and this came out three years before the Captain America first Avenger movie came out. I love how Tony Stark tells Ross, the super soldier program was put on ice for a reason. I just thought it was kind of funny. Yeah. You know, so, those are a lot of little nods in that movie because we talk about how it's not connected to the MCU, how it feels so disconnected in a lot of ways. There's a lot of little tiny tie-ins there mm-hmm. that um, I think I just wanted to mention. So. And also to your to your point about the on ice comment, <clears throat> when we think about development for the Tony Stark character as we progress, especially when you get into Civil War, when you realize that that comment also had some like wasn't just like a a, a fact that he was spitting out. Also, basically, like a little bit of bitterness because we know how Tony felt about how his dad would prioritize a lot of that super soldier serum stuff and the Captain America stuff over his childhood at that time. So there was a little bit of bitterness there, too, with that comment that follows through of the later movies, which is also really cool. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, as we mentioned, I, I, you know, every time I watch it, I forget there was a lot of threads that they uh, honored throughout uh, the series, you know, even 10 years later, which is kind of nice. So even though it feels very disconnected and standalone-ish, we, we do get those threads that keep it a part of the MCU in some way, shape, or form. Uh, so this has been another really good episode of uh, the MCU Reviewed. Uh, as always, you know we, we have a lot of fun talking about what we love talking about, passionate about games, movies, you name it. MCU is stuff we've been wanting to talk about for a good long time, especially John. Uh, this is kind of so his sad. baby here with uh, MCU Reviewed. So 
We'll go around here just uh, in our last few moments of the episode uh, where people can find you on social media and a uh, few quick plugs. Wait, we get so, our, John, we'll start with... I was going to say, wait, the ranking. Movie. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> this will be We're going to do the ranking first. No, set aside another half hour. we got to have some good discourse on where this ranks uh, between... Let's pull up the rankings. You guys can't see it, but the people at home can. <laughs> it's a long list right now. Sitting at number one currently is Iron Man. When we watched that, that was last week. So that's number one. Where do we want to put Incredible Hulk? Do you think it bumps Iron Man down from number one? It does. It it does not. It doesn't. No. Okay. Good. Because I already it does I, not. I already had it written in as number two when I made the <laughs> Iron Man graphic for number one. So. That's good. We got. How it. did you have the foresight to do that? That's you know? crazy. So our official ranking is number one, Iron Man. Number two, The Incredible Hulk. We will see if that changes next week. Next week, I think things get rolling. Yeah. I don't think it takes a, a like five six weeks. I yeah, think next yeah, week there's going to be some uh, there's going to be some debate. Ooh, ooh! I would say next week. So what is next week? I've got my uh, next week is Iron, Iron Man, Man two. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait. Let me tell you. I might watch that um, tonight, baby. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of feeling the same way. Once I get rolling here, like I just can't. It's like popcorn. You know, you got to finish the bucket. I know. Yeah. That goes for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, sweet. All right. Can we do the uh, social media now, John? Sure. Yes. Okay, cool. Yes, John, not me, but yes. Oh, John, yeah. you go. <laughs> At Disruptoid uh, <laughs> on all social media. I'm just basically tweeting about the MCU nowadays because I'm back in and like. I've limited myself to just re-watching the current movie we're on. I don't want to get ahead at all. So now I can finally start watching Iron Man 2, and I'm happy about that. Come chat with me. Good stuff. Rashawn, you're you're the Platinum King. You're everywhere these days. Where yes. can people find you? Yes, you can find me on a bunch of shows here on the Geekiverse, including Geek Scott Game, including the Disney Plus cast, uh, whatever game reviews that we got going on, and of course, right here at home on the MC Reviewed. Um, you can also find me on Twitter at True King Zero, where I talk pretty much same stuff as we're doing here. I just do it in text format. Uh, <laughs> and then if you're a gamer, you want to see some different games, uh, I do stream at true king zero on twitch and the moment of moving around some equipment and upgrading some equipment so in the next coming days i will have a consistent stream schedule if you're in the gaming and want to see a up and coming variety streamer check out our uh, final fantasy 7 remake review which will be viewable by the time you're seeing or listening to this time good uh, good discussion there with tim yes dell mr dell reed where can uh, people find you online? And uh, why don't you give one last plug for Fantastic and 26 Shirts? Yeah, uh, at Del Reed. Not the most original Twitter name, but there it is. That's the best. You and also, yeah, I actually, I actually did get that from somebody in England. I sent her a bunch of free t-shirts. Like, can I have a Twitter yes. handle? Because you never tweet from it. So. <laughs> Anyways, so, um, and then, you know, 26 Shirts, at 26 Shirts, on all the different social media outlets and Fantastic Tees. Uh, that's the the social media handle for for our fantastic line. So, uh, yeah, that's about it. Awesome. Uh, as we mentioned, Fantastic is the presenting sponsor for the show. Uh, we've been friends with Dell for a long time now. Just wonderful people doing a lot of good in the in the world, and we're proud uh, proud to to even know him. So, thanks for for all you do, you and your crew, Dell. Pleasure all ours. It's good. You, you guys are truly unbelievable. I'm uh, I'm on social media at Josiah D. Leroy. Uh, I am always talking about something Star Wars, Marvel, video games, you name it. All the stuff that we talk about here at the, the Geekiverse. 
Go to thegeekiverse.com for all the latest in the world of gaming, movies, comics, and more. You can check us out on a number of shows. We just doubled our lineup. Uh, this month is anniversary month for the Geekiverse. We turned six years old. We have, as I mentioned, doubled our show lineup. So at youtube.com slash the Geekiverse. And you can listen to all of our podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, any major streaming service. We are there. We appreciate you tuning in for this episode. We do have one last thing uh, to mention here. We we did a giveaway for last week's episode. We're going to be giving away, courtesy of Fantastic, one shirt per episode. Uh, John, I think we're going to take it to Facebook this time. Yeah. So uh, after this episode so, posts, so we're, we're recording this a couple of days in advance, but this uh, this episode will post on Monday. The There's a date for that specific Monday. It is the 11th. Uh, Monday the 11th, we're going to post this video. And uh, the same day we post that video, we're also going to have a Facebook post over on the Geekiverse Facebook page. So make sure you like us on Facebook so you see that post. It will be very clear that this is the giveaway post. Uh, we'll have some instructions on how to uh, how to enter. It'll be something like obviously liking the Geekiverse, uh, checking out Fantastic and 26 shirts. Um, it'll be pretty simple, but yeah, like, like Josiah I said every week every episode we're doing a giveaway um there's some time travel going on here but uh we're still calculating who's gonna win the iron man shirt we got a couple days left on that so super exciting one more coming monday the 11th that whole week got time to answer yeah good stuff thank you again to fantastic for providing the sponsorship there um as we mentioned next week is iron man two week for us so you've got a few days on your hands here go ahead and watch iron man two so you can join us for our discussion on really what has become a marvel monday for us so uh for rashawn for john for dell i'm josiah we appreciate you listening and watching we'll see you next week